Hi, guys. Welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your guest host, Coach Michelle from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode 19 of this podcast, we're doing a reverse podcast, and I'm interviewing Hitty, the owner of Resurrection Movement Studio. We're celebrating our five-year anniversary at the studio, so we talked about how he got started, why he got started in the business, and why he's so passionate about what he does. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Let's get started. Hi guys, it's Coach Michelle from Resurrection Movement Studio. We switched things up a little bit today. Today we're doing a reverse podcast, so I am going to be the interviewer, and our special guest today is Hitty. Hi, Hi Hitty. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided, uh, in honor of the fifth anniversary of RMS coming up, that I would interview Hitty so he could give us a little background on. Um, how RMS started and, you know, how the business has grown, all kinds of fun things. So, Hitty, how does it feel to be on that side? I know how it feels to be on this side. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. This is definitely a bit of a role reversal, but I'm I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, like I said before, uh, the fifth anniversary Mm -hmm. of RMS is coming up, and... I was thinking it was February, but it's actually January 31st, 31st yeah. 2015 was when you started. Yeah. So tell me what you remember. Tell me what you remember about that very first day of the business starting. Oh, man, that's, um, you know, one of the things that I remember is we used to have a sign out on the road where we put like letters in. And I remember putting like coming soon, you know, January 31st, grand opening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, was it 10 o'clock or something? I remember we ran two classes back to back it was like hip-hop and then fight to be fit because those used used to be the two core staples of the classes that we offer or i started with Mm -hmm. and i was very nervous i mean like honestly when i started i knew nothing right i just knew that this was something that i loved and at that time i only had six months left on my visa to do what i wanted to do in this country so i said why not i'm just gonna give it what i got and and see what happens and so I was very, very excited, very nervous at the same time. I remember like texting you and texting Heather Crumb and saying like, I don't know if anybody's going to come. Maybe if 10 <laughs> people show up, that'll be great. And uh, I remember that day very well. Yeah. Yeah. So you started. Talk to me about the gym then. Um, yeah. You said what classes you started mm-hmm. with. And then what about your fitness classes? Right. So. I literally, you know, like when I first opened, I needed some equipment, basically. I had a lot of equipment in the back of my car, so I dumped it. But, you know, when you dump the equipment that fits in the back of your car into a room, it's really not <laughs> a lot. So I ended up, you know, literally emptying my bank account to buy as much stuff as I can. And, and Mike sees, you know, the owner of the building mm-hmm. or the, own, the one that's owner of the Matt's business was kind enough to let me use uh instead it started with a borrowing the equipment of the dumbbells until i had made enough money to purchase to have it in the studio so it was like a group training and personal training and i just kind of put the brochure together with um you know logo that i kind of drew out and somebody did it for me and um you know it was just it was neat like i just dove 
feed in. The, my way of thinking opening the business was combining everything that I did in three different towns from Berwick to Bloom to Danville and offering in one small location. So then it will be, it will make my life easier. <laughs> that was my thought process was like, <laughs> okay, instead of me traveling to all these places, I'll draw, just offer it in one place and it'll be so much easier. And I did the math and I was like, okay, I can live with this money, not thinking on the expense side. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so like the rent that I needed to pay and other things that I needed to buy, like small things like office desks to papers to binders all those kind of things really really add up really fast and obviously i don't have a business background i didn't study i didn't go to school for business so i was learning everything on the spot like as it happened and so it was playing catch up and it was just like it was a lot right <laughs> there is so much more to a business yeah. than just what you're right you're doing and it's it's been neat to kind of be along for that ride and <laughs> see how the business has grown and how your business sense has has really grown too what i remember about when the gym first opened too so many kettlebells it was a lot of kettlebell work yeah. and um we would line them up along the walls and uh -huh. uh, yeah not a whole lot of equipment of equipment no. <laughs> and at the time you know, you only had one room in yeah. the building. So everything that you did had to be in that one room. Yeah. Uh, and so. it was a lot like we had, especially all well, because, you know, you can't offer classes really in the middle of the day because everybody's working. So mm -hmm. it was early morning, uh, mid mid morning too. you know, for for moms who were staying at home. And after the kid dropped the kids off, we offered classes then. But afternoon was like class after class after clients after class. And it was just like a quick switch over. Uh, and I remember like cleaning the floors every day because I just wanted to keep the room clean. You right, know, yeah. I remember painting that like long wall red before we opened, and that took like three layers. And I'm not really a handy guy, so that, I think that was like my first experience painting a wall. <laughs> I remember and I was, like, that. Oh gosh, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think your wife might have had a few things to say about your painting skills, too, when that happened. She sure did. <laughs> we all chip into paint now. Yeah. <laughs> so when you, you started out, too, it must have been hard because you didn't know how many people were going to come. You knew you had some clients who were following you here, but... Talk about that. Talk to me about, you know, how you decided which classes you were going to do, when you were going to run them. Mm. Um, so I based it off of what was popular. I based it off of what time slot I used to offer the classes elsewhere. Okay. And so try to keep consistency in that level and then built my personal training clients or like the, the resurrection classes around that. Um, to try to hit the target time. I mean, I did a little bit of market research as much as, you know, I knew how to do. So, like, what popular time slot, what what the popular time slots were in other other gyms or the local areas that were offered. So, I try to kind of match that. Um, but really, it was just kind of like going with my instinct a lot of times and just a lot of prayer to God and saying, like, God, what am I supposed to do? You know, like, the name itself of Resurrection Movement Studio, like, that name came in a prayer it wasn't you know something that i was just like okay this is what i'm going to name no it was it was all prayer based and you know when i was thinking about opening the business i you know got on my knees and prayed and the name came i saw three crosses and so the in the initial logo you know the resurrections the three t's that's in the name of mm -hmm. the resurrection movement studio um that was the three crosses that was in my um 
in my in my prayer when I saw it. And so that's why it was emphasized initially. Um, but we changed this. We simplified the logo, I think, like a year or a year and a half into it to make it a little bit more appealing and easy because the initial logo is really, really busy. Right. So it's not that we strayed away from our faith. No, it was just like for branding purposes, I had to adjust it a little bit. Um, but initially, the three T's in the Resurrection Movement studio represented the the cross, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And I think as somebody who has watched the business grow, too, at first I was concerned for you mm-hmm. um, with the crosses just because sometimes that can be a component that might turn certain people away yes. or maybe they wouldn't understand it. You don't generally see crosses in a logo for a gym. Yes. But as the business has grown, what we all understand is that there is a uh, the base of everything that you do is mm-hmm. your faith. And everybody who comes in the door, regardless of of what their own personal experience is, there's that understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really impressive. A lot of people, when they're starting up a business, might consider that, um, you know, it wouldn't uh, market to people very well. Mm-hmm. So they would extract that component of it. But that's so important to you that right. that's something that everybody who walks in the door really understands that that's, that that's where you come from. That's nice to hear because, like, you're right. Like, it, I debated for the longest time, but then if I didn't include that, I wasn't being true to myself. Mm-hmm. Especially if this was something that God has called me to do, to not honor Him in in the name and the business and the logo. Like, what to me didn't feel right. And I'm not shy about talking about my faith because religion and faith to me are two different things. Mm-hmm. And faith to me is spirituality, right? Being connected to God. And to me, that's the most important relationship that you can have in your life is your relationship with God. Uh, and no matter what you think of that, or like if you believe in spirituality or not, that's up to you. Like, I'm not going to judge you based on that. That's not what this is all about. But really, I just want you to know up front, like I, I get to do this because of God. And I'm so thankful for that. And if you, you know, whether you enjoy being here or not, like, you know, you, you don't need to know what this is about. You don't need to even like say, like, I agree with you. That's not the point. Right. It's just for me personally, whatever I do in here is all based on faith. And if I don't give thanks back to God and to recognize that God is in control of this place, you know, I'm, I'm not doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. And your faith also has really developed this, um, this community what I've noticed about you through the years is everything that you do, you think, okay, so how can we benefit the community or how can we benefit, you know, the situation with anything that you do? It's, it's not about profit. It's not about, um, growing the business. It's always about, okay, how can we give back? And I think that's been so phenomenal to watch over the years. Right. So, Talk a little bit about that. I know we're jumping. Yeah. We, we no, that's okay. Um, I totally, so it's unconventional. I go against the grains. I go against every business podcast, every business book that I read. And I'm content with where we are, where I am, because in, in regards to how I'm leading the business, because I really feel like God's leading me this way for some reason. To me, small businesses exist to enhance the community, mm-hmm. right? And even whether you're a believer or not, the Bible teaches you very basic good life skills or just like just good things to live by. And one of the things is, you know, love your neighbors as your th- as yourself. And to me, like, what does what does loving your neighbor look like? And it's taking care of each other. 
in today's world, we've kind of gone so far to the side of like, you are important, you matter, you're the most important, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you forgot that the people around you are as important, if not more important in your life than you yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And so the way I see it is if we take care of each other, if we take care of this community, the place where we want to be physically, mentally, spiritually, wherever that is, we're going to get there together. Mm -hmm. But if we put so much focus on ourselves and ourselves only, we'll never get there. And that's the approach that I take with my business is, you know, like I want to take care of this community. I'm so grateful to be part of this community and to have this community that I want to take care of everyone as, as the best I can. Um, and that starts with how I run the business and what I try to instill in my staff. And, uh, you know, I think there is something to that. Sure. It's not financially, like probably not the greatest way to run it. Um, because that's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm up very upfront when people ask me, like, I, I am not a business person. Mm -hmm. So financially, am I successful? Probably not, but I'm okay with that. I'm content with that. Um, I think there's so much more to life than what money can get you or what money, where money can take you. Mm -hmm. And to me, I, I, I look, I, and as, as sad as this sounds, like I, I want to look at my life as in on, on my dying bed. I want to look back on my life and think, I think I contributed to the world a little bit. That's the way I want to look back on my life and say, I think I did some good. Oh, absolutely. You, you should know? never doubt that. <laughs> And I don't even know if you see it because you're the one who is instilling it in all of us. But it has just created this this amazing culture of people wanting to give back. And through the years since you started, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. How much people want to give back, how much, how many more uh, things we've become involved in. So I want to take it back a little bit to when you first started. And I just wanted to ask, were you the only employee here at that time? When I first started, yes, I think I started by myself. Mm -hmm. um, I hired, I, well, Raul was my intern shortly after because he was going through the certification course. Yes. Alexis. I, Alexis was like my assistant. So she really was my, like, you know, she was my right hand, you know, like, and, but they really didn't have an official title or official anything. It just was like, they were just kind of going around, along for the ride and they're really willing to help out and you know, they're still with me. I know that speaks right. volume and Raul and Alexis, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, I love you guys. I'm so thankful to have you guys and to have you from the very beginning of the, uh, the journey. Right. And that's the thing. There's such a family here too, that yeah. people just stay and stick around and then we just continue to grow from there. So I wanted to take us back to that, that initial staff, because that's, that's my recollection is mm. when you started, it was, it was really just you getting off the ground and, and really developing this. Uh, th so your business plan, a lot of people, when they'll start a small business, they spend years on their business plan before they actually open. And, and you <laughs> really kind of dove in. <laughs> I, I, like, I'll be, I'll be 100% <laughs> honest. My business plan entailed two pages. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was basically it had what I wanted the business to be, what my mission and vision was, which I don't even know what I wrote at that point, to be honest with you. Yeah, and that was like, going to be one of my questions, how yeah. the difference has. So what was your vision initially to what it is now? The vision then was I just wanted to offer something to the community. You mm -hmm. know, the 
I want I felt like I had something to offer and I wanted to offer it in in the way that I wanted to and and you know just the name resurrection right it could be interpreted the the the, the, the word the resurrection has so many meanings but I look at it as I wanted to people to come here and enjoy working out mm-hmm. there's so much like in the world of fitness it's like oh you have to like be dying to enjoy what you're doing or like that's how it's supposed to feel when you're working on it I just thought to myself like well I'm different. Like I remember going to, you know, out of anybody, Jillian Michaels speak mm-hmm. and she says something that her opening line was, I hate working out, oh. but I do it anyways. And I thought to myself, like, I don't get that. I don't understand that mentality. Like mm-hmm. I love it. Like every second that I spend at the gym, I love it. And I feel like if you love it, you'll continue on. Yeah. So I wanted to offer something that's physical and activity related that people can say, wow, I really enjoy doing this, you know, because I thought that that's not an impossible task right right yeah and because you loved it so much and always made it fun that's why there were so many of us who would follow you around to all Mm -hmm. of those different towns because you brought that energy you brought that fun and then we started to become a family before you even opened yeah so that's that's sort of when it all started and commotion was not Mm -hmm. a part of your initial plan is that no it wasn't the business plan I knew that when I opened the studio if I was able to stay longer, dance program would open in uh, in September. So okay. at that at that time, uh, Alexis was helping me, and I was working for Mrs. Trion at Catherine Trion School of Dance and teaching hip hop. I was very open with her on my plans, uh, and she was very understanding and accepting of what I was trying to do. Uh, she knew that I had a fitness side on the side and that I was looking into we talked about like collaboration and trying to kind of make it work so that we're not competing for clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knew that I was going to open in September. Uh, but at that point, it was just me and Alexis. So we sat down and we said, all right, like, so we'll, I'll teach hip hop. You'll teach contemporary. We'll see how many kids we can get. But along the way, we picked up Robin and Emily um you know they were coming to the adult hip-hop class and we talked about like what do you teach and i reached out to robin and robin can robin kind of talked about it in the previous episode when we had the commotion cares episode of how we started um they you know we went back and forth for a while but she just said all right let's do it and so we opened with jazz ballet contemporary and hip-hop Miss Jen, Jen Klein came into the picture when we offered a free week in September. She came to take the resurrection class. And then this, I remember this moment vividly. You know, like there are certain moments in life you remember. With Jen, the moment that I remember is she was warming up. She was doing Frankensteins across the room. And I said to her, you move like a dancer. Do you dance? She's (laughs) like, yeah, I do Irish step. I was like, bing. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Do you want to teach Irish step? And that's how she joined the board and joined the group program. And so, you know, it's, it's, I have to always give thanks to God for Mm -hmm. the people that he brings to the studio, especially related to the staff. I couldn't not have asked for better people to come in to join our staff. Like every single one, it's like a hundred percent rate of wonderful, wonderful people that just comes into the studio and say, I want to work. I want to, I want to work for you. And, and the working conditions are not the greatest, you know, I can't pay a lot because it's, it's a small business and that doesn't really focus on financial gains. So, you know, if anything, who that affects is my staff is I can't pay them a lot. And I always feel bad about that, but they still give 100 and 
fifty percent. They give more than themselves, and they get really involved, and they do more work than I ask them to do. And and I'm just so thankful that God has brought all these people in in, in here, and 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 for the people that like that have taken up the staff role mm-hmm. in, in the studio. Yeah, that's what I've noticed too, is that, and when you've had one staff person leave for whatever reason, maybe they're moving out of the area, we have a lot of dance teachers who have had mm-hmm. babies in the last few years, it seems like there's always somebody else who just sort of comes Slides in. Slides right in. Yeah. It's a so, perfect fit. Yeah, so I think that's mm-hmm. a real sign too, that this was meant to be and this was supposed to happen Yeah. for you. So as we're talking about that and making it seem so easy, there had to be some struggles. There had to be some struggles for you all the way through. I mean, I I think any small business owner will tell you like, it's not an easy path. Um, And every year the challenge changes, Mm -hmm. Um, especially as the program, the dance program side grew, I really struggled to adjust. I mean, like the first year we had 75 kids. I knew every single kid by name. And I knew every single parent by name. Mm-hmm. Um, and we felt like a small family. And I think, you know, that was what was so special in the beginning stages. With the amount of dancers that we have, up on upwards of 250 dancers, there's no way that I can know every single dancer. Because number one, they don't even take my class. And not all of them take my class. So I can't get to know them. Right. So let alone trying to get to know the parents, I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And part of me still struggles with that. It's like I, I'm the owner of the program. I want to get to know everybody and their parents to make it make sure everything is going well. Um, but mentally, that's been a challenge, mm-hmm. and that disconnect creates a little in, a room for a conflict. And you know, I've had to deal with some conflicts here and there. And you know, conflicts conflicts are not my favorite thing, and it's a cultural thing actually. The Japanese really don't like conflicts in general, so we tend to avoid it. Um, my dad made that clear to me, and I was it, it made sense. He said that to me one day, and I said. That really makes sense. A Japanese as a culture doesn't like conflict, so that we tend to avoid it the mm-hmm. best we can. Um, and so, and also like learning to balance, you know, from going from, you know, teaching every single class to, to now like giving giving that responsibility to other trainers and like people like you to take over certain areas, and, and knowing the balance, um, you know, especially recently, you know. I've kind of had to really make a big transition from, you know, being the front of the person to more like doing the office side of the work and kind of trying to work on making this business a cohesive unit. Mm -hmm. That's been hard. Um, You know, I would I can admit now in 2019 from about, I would say, October to December, I was completely burnt out. Mm -hmm. I was completely burnt out and I didn't know it that's the biggest problem is if I could have identified it, I could have done something about it, but I didn't know that I was burnt out. So I was just going on a short fumes every day, coming into work exhausted. I felt like I, w- I felt like I slept well, but I didn't. And just like every little thing irritated me, um, there was tension among staff that like, I didn't need to, cr- I didn't need to be part of that, but I was, and it's just one of those things I'd look back and I was like, wow, you know, that's because you were trying to do everything, mm-hmm. you know, and then it also goes back to I was trying to be in control of God's plan. You can't do that. You know, like I this this business was set out to be, you know, God has blessed me with this business. I always say God first, whatever, wherever God leads me, I will go. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to be the leader. So wherever I wanted to go, 
that's where I took them. And of course it gets burnt out because I was trying to fit in a seat that doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's been a lot of challenges and, you know, trying to learn the, the finance side of business and understanding the complicated tax issues and all the legal issues. And I don't know, there's, but and what it comes down to is when I hit those walls, when I pray, something becomes clearer, right. you know, clearer, like slowly, but surely God leads me to a way out. And, and that's, that's been my go-to. Yeah. Very impressive that you recognize that in your busy schedule. And it's essentially mm-hmm. like you're running two businesses here rather than just one um, from where you started. And I'm sure that in the beginning, you couldn't really have even imagined how much everything would grow. Your staff, mm-hmm. um, the program, the dance program, your community outreach. I see you slowly getting involved more and more. That's something that always happens as you start to contribute to the community more than they want you to become more involved in their groups also so I see you slowly becoming which is amazing and it it, um and you you bring that back to the facility then also with you know but then that also opens the doors for but then there's this program that that needs some help and what can we do for this program so it just keeps getting bigger and bigger yeah sometimes it's hard to say no right you know like when people ask me to be take part in it but that's something also that i had to learn is sometimes i have to say no i have to evaluate and look back and say like okay does this align with our mission Mm -hmm. and do we have enough that under we're we're taking taking on right now that do we need to turn this way and unfortunately and maybe like kind of look at it for next year Mm -hmm. um the other thing that's been really hard is the balance between home and work you know, when you own a business, it's like there is no clear cut off line. Right. So, you know, on, I thank God for my family, like, you know, Corey and Alex and Noah for understanding that, like, you know, I own a small business. And sometimes, you know, it's it's they have to be the one that puts me back into my place and say, like, God, y- you need to be home. You need to spend more time with us. Right. And that's been hard because my brain never shuts off. Even when I walk out of this studio, I'm thinking about, okay, what can I do tomorrow to improve, uh, improve one step at a time, you know, like take uh, another step forward or what do I need to deal with? And it's just like, it's never like a 10 to five job where like you come to work, you do, you put in your hours and you go home and you don't have to worry about it. It's like constantly in my brain. And uh, that process can be exhausting, too. Right. It's nice to see how you've incorporated your family here, though. Mm -hmm. Also, you do really bring them in and and uh, and incorporate them into so many of the things. I feel like we could break this podcast into four sessions (laughs) because there's so much to talk about. Um, There's there's so many things, how you've grown. Um, I myself noticed as I came on as your office manager very early, um, it was still kind of a pencil and paper thing. We, yeah. we there wasn't a whole lot in software or, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was more of a, uh, you know, we wrote things down and and we were trusting that the business was was progressing. Uh, and I remember one pivotal moment for me as I was trying to learn your process. Um, you were having a meeting in here and I was finishing up a workout and I wasn't part of the meeting, but I couldn't help but hear. And there were some people here who were talking to you about a project they wanted to do that could have been potentially profitable. But I remember the biggest moment for me was when I heard you say, so what can we do? How can we turn this around and give back to the community? And I was so impressed with that. And I was so, I, I adopted that 
as my baseline for everything that I do mm-hmm. for you. I mean, of course, it's about, you know, um, we need the software. We need to grow the business. We need to make sure that our accounting is accurate, all of that. But never forget what this business is all about. And I think through everything, that's what you've instilled in your staff people in your dancers in your fitness people and it has just grown so even though you might feel like you're not directly a part in those things anymore you've passed that on to all of us so that we can carry it on so we're you know, we're like mini hitties here passing on your message so that you can spread it to more people and you can become more involved in things yeah so That's nice to hear thank you dude <laughs> i mean you've been a huge part of this studio you know like it's I look at you and Danielle and it's like you guys started as my clients and now you're leading the fitness program. And, you know, I want to empower you guys to take on those roles and have the impact that you can in the community. Because, you know, like my and I've said this many times in this podcast, one of the things is like small businesses exist to enhance the community. Mm-hmm. I can't do all the work myself. Right. And so I want to train my staff to be able to do what I've envisioned you know you guys to be doing in the community and through here through your jobs and uh because the more people and the same thing with the athletes and the youth i feel a youth i feel like they have a lot of opportunities to learn academic stuff in school mm-hmm. but they don't have a ton of active ton of a ton of opportunity to learn life community involvement skills mm-hmm. that would that will take them further in life in my opinion right um, there might be some people that may disagree but that and that's totally okay um but i look at about my because you know the ba- one baseline that we all have in in, in in common is we base our vision our, our opinions and 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 what works and what doesn't work based on our own lives, mm-hmm. right? Well, well, what we went through a lot of times people refer back to, well, I want my kid to do this because it works for me kind of thing. And so, and the one thing that I can say is like having a mentor in my life through the difficult, most difficult years was a huge help to me. And so I want to intentionally create mentoring moments with the youth that I work with, um, and maybe those one or two moments for some kids will turn into something that they remember long term. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I look at it. I came into this interview with a whole list. I have two pages <laughs> here of all of these questions in case we ran out of things to talk about. Uh, but that was going to be one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Some of the most influential people to you, whether they're coaches, um, mm. you know, I know the answer to some of this, but maybe some of our listeners don't. So if you can maybe tell us some of those really influential people who have really brought you to this place. Sure. So one is Peter Reed, Dr. Mm -hmm. Peter Reed. Um, You know, I dedicate a scholarship to him at the recital every year. He, and and when I say saved my life, that's not just like a a, a quote or a thing that I say. He literally saved my life. Um, I was 12 when I moved to New York. Uh, with my parents because of my dad's job I was struggling to adjust I spoke zero English knew nothing about the culture and I just kind of had to learn how to speak write and read English on the fly and was this I, your first visit to the United States oh yeah I've never in, been you had never been no, here prior I, to that yeah 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 and so I was just kind of thrown into the system wow and, uh, you know, I, I, I learned and I kind of adapted. It's funny. It's interesting when a kid is thrown into like a really uncomfortable situ- situation, they, they can't be very resilient and just like kind of persevere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But when I became aware of my surroundings, I realized like, wow, number one, I don't really fit in. You know, I don't really have friends and my home life wasn't great. You know, like me and my parents are great now, Mm -hmm. but we didn't have the greatest start. Like when we, especially when we moved to the United States. Um, And so I was very suicidal. Um, I used to cut myself. I'm open to talking about that too. Um, And I had suicidal ideations. And so he was the one that said to me, and you know, like this is, I think this is an age before like mandated reporting. So Mm -hmm. he never did that. I would go into his office and kind of spill my guts and talk about what was going on and how I was feeling. And he's the one who just kind of just listened and talked, but more importantly, just listened. And I felt like, even though with my broken English, some of the things that I probably said I was saying didn't make sense. He intentionally listened. Right. And that made a huge difference. And I remember one day, you know, sitting in my kitchen in an empty house when I came home and I had a knife just like pointed towards me, ready to end it. The only person that I thought about was Peter. Oh. And and that that moment, like I broke down and and if it wasn't, if what, if Peter wasn't present in my life, I don't know that if I'm still here today. Right. And unfortunately, Peter passed away freshman or it was maybe a sophomore year, my sophomore year, of my college. I remember getting a call from my mom saying that he just passed away. I went home right away and attended his funeral and everything. But I remember being in his funeral. I was up in the balcony because it was so packed. I remember just sitting there thinking to myself, like, wow. This world really lost somebody amazing, somebody incredible that saved my life. Right. That's a huge shoe to fill. But whatever I end up doing, because I'm a sophomore year, I didn't know what I was going to do for my career or anything like that. What In whatever job or whatever capacity that I work in in the future, mentoring kids is going to be something I'm going to intentionally make a plan to do. Um, because I can't fit his shoes, but I can try to be my own version of that. Right. So that was a promise that I made. Um, and then as far as businesses goes, you know, like Mark Nespoli and Berwick has mm-hmm. been a huge help. There was a define another defining moment in my life where I said to Mark, um, you know, when I used to work for him in Berwick, and I said, Mark, why don't you open a facility in Danville and I, I can run it for you? He said, I'm not doing that. You do it. Oh. And that was a moment I was like, well, maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and that and he was he was instrumental in just kind of taking my passion and kind of refining it and teaching me how to train clients well, how to warm them up well, how to program well, how to run group classes, all that stuff. So I'm thankful for him. Mark Turnbull uh, over in Bloom U, he's the reason why I ended up in this area in the first place. Um, because when I was working in California, I was looking into going to a master's program and the one of the things that was consistent through my college was I was an RA and mm-hmm. I liked being an RA. So I called Mark and I said, I'm thinking about going back to grad school. Uh, what's the position equivalent to an RA? And, and then do you have any openings if you know what that is? And he was actually like, well, actually once position opened up as a graduate hall director. Um, so let me see what I can do and the rest of the history. And that's how I ended up because wow. of Mark Turnbull, I ended up in bloom to go for a master's degree in school counseling. 
So if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in this area today. Right. Just another mm. example of how things have just really come into your life to bring you here. Yeah, how life works as it's supposed to. And it's just all in God's plan. Right. And these are all things. That's a really good lesson for all of us, too, is that, you know, you, you we do. We try to control our lives. And for some people, I guess it works. They're um, very determined and, and have a path and they won't stray from that path. But really, if we just are open to what's going to come for us we can just let things unfold as they will and they'll bring us to where we need to be yeah you know it's it's interesting right so i didn't find my faith until i was in college but my whole perspective on life really changed since that happened and i've relied on more i've relied on my faith to make decisions ever since then and it kind of all worked out Mm -hmm. at the moment some things look like I don't know why this is happening to me. Like the time that I graduated, the day I was about to graduate from my master's degree and being told that I couldn't be a school counselor. I remember that so vividly. Oh, this is another moment I remember. I remember going to get certified and the certification counselor told me that I wasn't eligible to become a school counselor in Pesado, Pennsylvania because I'm not a, a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. I remember Corey and Corey, you know, back then we were just dating and kind of told her the news and I sought outside the the building that I was in to get certified just right outside on the brick and I just I just sat there and she came because she works at BU and she just sat, sat next to me and said what's wrong and I said I I, I didn't know what to say and and I, I just remember that moment very vividly and you know at that moment I didn't know why this was happening to me mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for that this wouldn't be here today right so faith right i mean that's that's kind of led to everything and it's been amazing to see god's plan just kind of work out as it's supposed to trusting in the process yeah yeah we're all where we are supposed to be Mm -hmm. and that's the same way i mean you know that that most of us found you too but i think we all remember that too there was just um it was almost like a calm stillness while we all just waited to watch to see what was going to unfold because selfishly, none of us wanted to lose you, but we knew (laughs) here's this young guy who just graduated from college. He's got to find his path. And we all, we were all really hoping that your path kept you here, but we also understood that it, it may take you away from us. So we're all very grateful, very uh, happy that that you you stayed here and then through i mean we could talk for days about all of this too but through all of the immigration process too there were some of those moments also where we all had to trust too that Mm -hmm. okay that nobody's gonna take kitty away from us but there was always (laughs) that but we might have to let him go (laughs) it's true yeah (laughs) so like i said several times we could really i mean talk for days we could break this segment up into five days probably five sessions and and still not cover everything but i think today we got a really good taste of how you started how we progressed um how the the business has grown and so now before we go we need to end with some words of encouragement from you hitty as Mm. if you haven't already given us millions today (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know. I just, you know, I think it goes back to just have faith. Um, Whatever that means to you, it doesn't have to be what I believe in. You know, Mm -hmm. I just choose to believe in Jesus Christ and that's my belief. 
but whatever it is and whatever you know something that you can strongly believe in and i and and i honestly think you know going back to my experience believing in yourself is not enough Mm -hmm. that's just not sufficient enough um so i don't know if it's in a different form of spirituality spirituality uh, but finding something that's greater than a human being that you can believe in that you can rely on um, and rely on that in the toughest moments of your life you know it's like it's important to find people that you can talk to um, but that only gets you so far unfortunately we're humans we're all humans right. right and so there's only certain things that we can give but if you are spiritually connected to something or somebody whatever that may be that will get you out of the toughest situation and you will learn to trust in that that's so important especially in today's youth that's that's like one thing that i really wish that i can like shake them and say like find something you can really believe in right and not just to say that you believe in it but like you live by that right you know whether it's praying or meditation or taking time to just like connect with that or a thing or a person whatever that may be i think everybody could use a little bit of that it's so noisy and busy in today's lives that 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 solidarity of like the moment to you can just like be with you and that spiritual realms whatever that figure may be just being connected to that is so important and finding yourself and finding that connection and as foo-foo as that may sound to some of you if you don't know if you don't believe in that kind of stuff or whatever i think along the road if you find it you'll finally go back to what I'm saying and say, that's what he was talking about. Right. Um, Because I think everybody who has it, and and you're probably, you know, listeners, you're probably nodding your head as you listen to this podcast. (laughs) Right, I am here. (laughs) You can't see it, but I am. I'm agreeing with him. Yeah, I think it's so important. So I I want everybody to find that whatever spiritual connection that that is for you, Mm -hmm. I want to find it and, and trust it and believe in it. Right. That will be my words of encouragement. Wonderful. Sounds like you're saying there's always something bigger than you, and there's always something there to support you and strengthen you. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hitty. This was a lot of fun. Well, this thank was, you, dude. Yeah. I appreciate this. It's great. And happy five years. Yes. Happy five-year anniversary. Yay. Yay.